0: Rock Church. How's everybody doing out there today? You guys good? Good. So it's good to see you. So I want to welcome you here to our 1130 service at our Conway campus. And I know we got some people watching online right now or on demand later. With those of you in Conway, just just give it up for everybody who's joining us online and on demand. So... We're glad that you're with us today, and uh, I want to invite you, if you're new, all right, if you're new and you're watching on our website, online, or if you're new here, make sure you get connected, all right, that, that we're glad that you've taken this step, and, and hopefully you're connecting with Jesus. But we want you to connect with others as well. And uh, so I want to invite you to stop by that new here tent or the connect wall or use that QR code. In some way, let's get connected because we have found as a church that when we connect with Jesus and we connect with others, we truly find what matters, all right? And we want that for you, all right? Now, now I, I've got to ask this question because uh, I don't know. Looking out, I see some of you, but was there? Is there anybody here today that was either here Friday night at our prom or helped in preparation of our Shine Prom? All right. So, so hey, do do me a favor, everybody, give it up for everybody's got their hand raised. <laughs> Phenomenal night. If you didn't know. On Friday night, we did a prom uh, for over two hundred individuals who have either special needs or a disability, and uh, we just we just had a party. All right, that that we had our youngest guest was twelve, our oldest guest was seventy-three. All right, uh, so so cool, so cool to see that. And uh, there was a party going on here. There was a karaoke room behind us. There was nails and shoe shine and carriage rides. You name it, it was happening. And um, one, I just I want to celebrate our kings and queens who came and just got honored that night. Um, it's a taste of heaven. If you haven't been here for a Shine Prom next year make sure you are. It's a taste of heaven. I'm telling you right now. It's a taste of the wedding that we're all going to get to participate in. All right. and and then in addition to those 200 there was probably 6 or 700 volunteers or what we call VIPs, vision inspired people who said, "I want to help out." And that could have been from parking cars to making bags to doing makeup, whatever it might have been that that happened that night to help honor those guests. And 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 we left a little bit of the decor up. We tore most of it down throughout the building, but we left this up. And, and here's why is because today we're talking about the wedding, that, that we're really talking about the church being the bride and then also about some church hurt. But, but what I thought was just this idea of a wedding that, that we would leave this up to help us kind of remember what is to come. All right, so, so with that in mind, let me ask a simple question, and you can answer out loud if you want. You can raise your hand if you want. Chances are you probably won't want to. You'll just want to do it in your mind, but, but I, I want to know, has anybody here ever seen an ugly bride? Yeah, 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 you're like, whoa. Oh, y- y'all actually going to raise your hand, okay? Y'all brave ones, all right? Because here's the reality, like I wouldn't want to say that I've seen an ugly bride. Like, some of you are dudes, and you're sitting next to your bride, and you're like, you ain't getting my butt in trouble. No, I've never seen one, right? You know what I mean? Like, like, we go there. And I can say this. As a preacher, I've done a ton of weddings. I've never seen an ugly bride walking down the aisle. I've never seen an ugly bride at the altar. That that when that bride is walking down the aisle, when she's standing at the altar with her groom, it's just beautiful. And my favorite thing is when that bride comes around the corner or, or through the door. I love looking at the groom. Like everybody else is standing up, which is a stupid tradition anyway. All right. Like I know you're honoring the bride, but remember us five foot six groomsmen. Like we can't see her anymore. Okay. But, but, but anyway, like, 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 I love it because everybody turns and looks at her, but I'll turn and look at the groom. And this is what I see every time. Either this face, <laughs> just ball and snot, you name it, because they're seeing like, she actually showed up. <laughs> She's coming down the aisle. Or I'll see this face she's mine. You know what I mean? Like, like just a huge, cheesy grin. Like that's the face I see every time. Here's a face that I haven't seen and I'm glad I haven't looked at the groom and seen him going, eh, not bad. You know what I mean? I just haven't seen that. I, I haven't seen the groom going, she'll do. Because if we saw that, that's not a good day, is it? That would be a bad day. And here's the truth. There's going to be a day that Jesus returns for his bride. And I don't want him to look at the bride and go, Hmm, it'll do. She'll do. I want Jesus with all the joy in his heart and in his life and in his soul and in, in his godliness. I want Jesus to look at the bride and go, yes, I'm ready to take the bride home. Is anybody with me on that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I want Jesus when he looks at the bride, which means when he looks at us, that he's like, that's my bride. Come on down. Not, eh. I want him to see you. I want him to see me. I want him to see the church and say, that's my bride. So, so let's talk about that for a minute. Like, let's recognize the, the truth that we are the bride of Christ. And when I say we, I mean the church. And, and there's some of you are like, hey, I don't know if I want you including me in that group yet. I get it. I'm glad you're here. I hope that even by the end of this message, you'll be like, I want to be a part of that group. That, that, that I want us to recognize that, that the church is called the bride of Christ. And now, here's reality. As the bride, there's some days that we will be ugly and we'll hurt one another. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But before we go there, I got to first, I got to go, let's just recognize the bride. Like, like, let's recognize that Jesus said in Matthew 25, he was telling a story, and in the story, he said there was 10 bridesmaids that went out to wait on the bridegroom, meaning Jesus, and as they were waiting on the bridegroom, five of them ran out of oil in their lamp that, that basically means this, they weren't prepared for the groom. So they left to go buy some oil, but while they went to buy some oil, the groom showed up and took the five bridesmaids with him and then locked the door. We see this, it's in Matthew 25, it reads like this. It says, But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. Like, don't miss some of those words. That while they were gone, he came and took those who were ready. That, that Jesus not only calls us, calls us the bride he calls us calls us a a bride's maid a, a bridal party but he also says that we need to be ready for when he returns we need to be ready for when he calls us to the wedding so I want you to recognize that yes you're the bride but also that you need to be ready for the wedding it goes on the apostle paul he said it this way in 2 Corinthians 11, he said, For I am jealous for you with the jealousy of God himself. I promised you as a pure bride to one husband, Jesus Christ. Well, like, like as a pastor, as your pastor, as one of your pastors, I read this scripture And it means so much to me. Because what what Paul was saying in that moment is he was saying, like, he planted a church, he established a church, he he got the church going, and then he left that church to go plant another one. But he still pastored that church. And he was sending a letter to that church. And he was saying, "I, I want you to know how my heart is bent for you, is towards you, is jealous for you, because what Paul was saying is, you are the bride that I want to present to Jesus on the day that he returns, and by a blessing of God, he has called me to be a pastor, and, and I get the fortune of, of pastoring the Rock Church. I get the fortune of, of being one of the guys that stands in front of you almost on a weekly basis, and for some of you, I know really well, and I love that. I know your stories. I know what's going on in your life, and and we connect on on many different levels. For some of you, I I know you by name. For some of you, I know you by where you sit, right, because we sit in the same place, which actually I'm a fan of, all right? Not that you have your own seat. You always got to be willing to give up your seat for somebody else. That's a different story, okay, or or a different sermon. But what I mean is I can look out, and I go, yep, yep, I know them, I know them, I know them. This is where they sit. This is who they are, There's some of you I don't know yet, but whether I don't know you or I know you really well, I want you to hear. I have a desire for you. I have a desire that on the day that Jesus returns or the day that that you pass on, that on that day when you meet Jesus, he says, that's my bride. Come on in. So, I am jealous for you because I want to say, Lord, here's the work I've been, been, been putting in, and, and here's your people, and here's your bride. So, so, when I read Paul's words, I want you to hear that from my heart as well. We also see it in the gospel, or, not, or from the Apostle John. He said this in the book of Revelation. He said, let us be glad and rejoice and let us give honor to him for the time has come for the wedding feast of the lamb and his bride has prepared herself. So again, he's calling us the bride, but he's saying is prepared. She has been given to the finest pure white linen to wear for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And then he goes on in Revelation 21, he says, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. That he's saying that at the end of the story, at the time of the return of Christ on the final judgment, that the bride is gonna be reunited with the groom and there's going to be a party. So I want you to hear that God has established his bride. He's established his bride in every corner of the world. Oh, it's here in Conway. It's in Horry County, South Carolina, America, South America, Europe, Asia, uh, Africa. Like, like the bride is all throughout the world. And we gather in different ways. Some of us gather in small churches. And some of us gather in big churches. Some of us gather and worship in a traditional way. Some of us gather and worship in a, in a more modern way. But, but whoever and wherever, the church, the bride, is made up of every tongue, every tribe, and every nation. And it will stand the test of time. And the gates of hell will not prevail against the bride of Christ. It won't. Jesus said it. It's in the book of Matthew. It says, and I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, which means hell, will not overcome it. This is his church, his bride. So so I want to talk about church hurt, but I want to be very careful as I do it because I want to be very careful about how I talk about the bride. See, see, personally, anytime somebody talks negative, talks negative about the bride, I, I get upset. Like, I, I, I get even mad. And part of the reason is because I've dedicated my entire life to the bride of Christ. Since I was 20 years old, got out of the military, started college, immediately became a pastor. And, and since I was 20, that's all I've ever done is just... Worked for for the Lord through the church and and just been about the bride, not just me. My whole family, like like we are all in. So so when people talk bad about the bride, when people post bad things about the bride, when they when they slam the bride on social media, I get angry. Yet it's not my bride. Whose bride is the church? It's Jesus. It's his bride. And and if I get upset, how much more do you think Jesus might get upset when people talk bad about his bride? Any married men in here? Married men, raise your hand. Chances are you're okay if somebody says something bad about you, but if somebody talks junk about your bride, oh, it's going to go down. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like you, can, you can talk negative about me, but you talk junk about my bride. We got a different issue. And I believe Jesus feels the same way about his bride. Yet, the bride can be ugly at times. The bride can hurt at times. And we're in this series that, that we've said, if and then, if the church is the bride of Christ, then why is it so ugly At times, and I want to talk about this under the feeling of massive respect for the bride of Christ. So I want to carefully talk about this because I don't want to say anything negative about the bride of Christ, but I also need to recognize there's people who have been hurt by the church. Church hurt is real. It's a phrase that is a kind of a newer phrase that that is floating around in our world right now, but, but church hurt is not new. Newer phrase, but church hurt isn't new. That people have been hurt by the church. And by that, I mean by the people of the church. In many different ways. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a family member. That that i think about one of our pastors his name's Timmy and one of his first ever church experiences he was walking into a church and the, the greeter at the front door stopped him and said uh, son i i don't i don't know about you i don't know about where you come from but but around here we give god our best and those jeans are not your best so next time you're here you better be wearing something different let me just say this. I'm really thankful that the greeters at our front doors here don't care about your genes. Amen? Amen? Like, they're just like, come on in. We're glad you're here. Because if they were concerned about our genes, I might be in trouble. But he was hurt that day. Didn't ever go back to that church. For me, I was a 17-year-old kid, didn't know anything about God, didn't know anything about church, um, and and I I was messing up. Every weekend as a 17-year-old, I was going out and getting drunk, which is what I did. And one girl invited me to church, and I went, and then she heard that I got drunk, and then so she didn't invite me anymore, and I was just like, hey, I want to come to church, but didn't know if I could just show up. And she's like, why would you want to come to church? I heard you were out drinking Friday night and got drunk. It's obvious you don't want to have anything to do with God. Guys, if there was ever a 17-year-old who needed the church and needed Jesus, it was me. But I was told, I'm not welcome. And the next year of my life was hell. Fortunately, somebody else reached out to me and helped point me towards Jesus. I think about a, a lady that I met just out in the lobby. And she'd moved here from a different state and she'd had a she had some church hurt. It's from a church in a different state and I don't need to name the church or anything like that. It doesn't matter. But but they were there from the beginning. And they, they helped establish a, a rare, very large church. And they were told by the pastor, I need you to be all in. I need you to give this much, not just a tithe. like you got to do this. You're going to be leaders here. We expect this. And just the investment that her and her husband made. The whole time the lead pastor was involved in a sexual affair, there was in misuse of funds. There was hurt after hurt after hurt. And she shared this story with me out in the lobby of the church and with just tears in her eyes. Unfortunately, I didn't get her name, and I regret that still to this day. But she said, I'm hurt. And then she said, and my husband, he has said he'll never come back to church. He's done. And some of you, that's your story, or you know people who have that story. And I hate it. Some of you have got hurt because somebody gossiped about you. Somebody sinned against you. Somebody lied about you. Maybe it's worse than that. Maybe you don't have just church hurt. You have church trauma because somebody sexually hurt you. Somebody physically hurts you. And that, that junk is real. So I am not up here excusing it. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to just to wash over it, to cover it up. I'm saying, I know that is real. And I can't minimize it. I can't, I can't erase it. But I can say as a pastor, I'm sorry. I want you to hear that. Maybe I've done something. Maybe maybe somebody on our staff, maybe somebody in our church. I'm sorry. Maybe somebody from a different church, a different state. I'm truly sorry. Because I know it's real. And I know it hurts. And there's no excuse. I know I'm called to, a, to live at a, at a higher level, a higher calling. And, and anybody who steps into this field, that is what is expected of us biblically, not just from people. Biblically, I get it. And I'm sorry if anybody has hurt you in those ways. But what do we do? Because the bride is still the bride, even though sometimes it's ugly. So it's like, I want to say, Jesus, if the, if the bride is ugly, what we oftentimes want to do is say, well, I'm just done with the bride, and I'll just hang out with you. But last time I checked, a groom who says, if somebody says that, that they don't like their bride, usually the groom's not very happy with that person. So we can't sit here and say, well, because the bride is ugly, I'll just focus on the groom. No, he actually says, I need you to be part of both. So how do I get over the hurt? How do I get past the hurt? Let me, let me just real quick, like, start walking that direction. Like, like how, how do, or maybe even before I say, how do we get past it? Like, why does it even happen? Well, let's go back to, like, a, a, an earthly wedding for a second. We haven't seen a, an ugly bride coming down the aisle. We haven't seen an ugly bride at the altar but have you ever seen an ugly bride at the rehearsal? Yeah. Right? You ever, ever seen a, a bride get a little ugly before the wedding? Absolutely. Anybody ever seen a bridezilla? <laughs> Guys, I'll just tell you right now, as a, as a preacher who does a lot of weddings, I've seen bridezilla. I've seen momzilla. I've seen bridesmaidzilla. I, I've seen them all, Okay. And and, and it happens because at the wedding things are great, but before the wedding it is difficult. It can be hard, it can be tough. And this happens all the time. You'll see, you'll look at a bridal party and there'll be six groomsmen, but only five bridesmaids. It didn't start that way, y'all. No no bride looks at, at her fiancé, her groom, and says, hey, I'm going to have five bridesmaids. And he goes, well, I'm going to have six groomsmen. That didn't happen. He goes, okay, well, I'll have five. But what happens is one drops out. Why? Because there's tension. Because somebody was told, oh, no, you're not my maid of honor. You're going to actually be the last on the line. Oh, I don't like that. There's drama. It's difficult. Why? Because they're preparing for the wedding. And in the same way in the church that we are the bride but will be ugly, and here's why. Because we haven't made it to the wedding yet. We are in the preparation period. We are in the betrothal period. We are in the period where we're getting ready for the great wedding of the Lamb, the great wedding with, with Jesus. We're getting ready for it. But until that day, we're not there, which means there will be mistakes. And so here's, here's, here's the four ways to deal with that hurt. And it's not just church hurt. Because some of you are like, I, I haven't been hurt by the church. You've probably been hurt by somebody. A friend, a coworker, a family member, a coach, a teacher. How do you deal with that hurt? Well, here's four things real quick. One, just recognize, remember nobody's perfect. Nobody here is perfect. Am I right? Like, like I'd like to say it this way. The church is a place where no perfect people are allowed. Right? Cuz we're not perfect. I'm a sinner, I make mistakes, you're a sinner, you make mistakes. We are all sinners who make mistakes. Romans 3.23 says it this way. It says, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standards. Romans 7 says, and I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my sinful nature. I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what is good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Anybody feel like this verse was spoken specifically about you? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is me. Like, God, this is what I want to do. I want to do what's right and I don't. I'm like, I'm not going to go do that. That's wrong. And then I go and do it because I'm a sinner and you're a sinner. So when people hurt you, when people make mistakes, I really believe the first and best thing we can do is immediately go, they're not perfect. And if I just immediately recognize they're not perfect, then I can move on to the second thing and I can respond in grace. Not react in anger, not react in hurt, but I need to remember they're not perfect, therefore I will respond in grace. I'm gonna stay in the book of Romans the rest of the day. It says this, uh, chapter 12: Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. That, that I use this verse to talk about grace for this reason: it starts by saying, Hate what is evil. Like when something bad is done to you, when somebody hurts you, when somebody sins against you, hate what is evil. Don't excuse it. Don't say, well, it's not a big deal, or wait, they're imperfect. No, go. No, they're not perfect, but that is still wrong. And still call wrong, wrong. And it's okay to talk to that person and to say, this hurt me. This was not good. But do it with what the last part of the verse says, by being devoted to one another in love, and honor one another above yourselves. Call bad what it is, but do so in a way that you still honor somebody. That you're not throwing them under a bus, you're not posting about them online. Put it in the church world hurt. Like, like, like don't just leave the church. Don't just talk bad about the church online. No, recognize the wrong that happened, and then in honor of one another, say, we got to make this right. When, when you get hurt, remember people are not perfect respond with grace receive the truth see here's reality sometimes we simply need to receive truth that that this happens not all the times but sometimes we will claim church hurt when in reality what it was was church accountability and remember the church is the people so let me say it this way we'll say this person hurt me in reality, that person was just trying to hold you accountable. But when we get called out on our junk, oftentimes they're like, how dare you say that to me? How dare you say that I've got a blind spot? How dare you say that that was a sin? How dare you say that about me? And we respond in hurt rather than somebody saying, thank you. And And I know that about me. I know that about teachers. I know that about coaches. That coaches will often say, or athletes will say, well, you hurt me. No, I was trying to coach you. That that teacher was mean to me. No, that teacher was trying to teach yourself. That parent, they, they, they said something wrong. No, that parent was trying to help you. As a pastor, there's times I say things, and I don't always say them right. Let's just make sure that I'm acknowledging that right now. I don't always seem right. I don't get up here with a manuscript and just read word for word. I share my heart with you, which means sometimes I don't always say it right. I remember it was about two months ago. Had a young adult come to me and she said, Josh, when you said this, the reaction hurt me. And I had to look her in the eyes and say, I'm sorry. Because honestly, the way I said it is just a, I put an emphasis on the wrong word, and, and she was right. What I said was wrong. And I'm sorry. Yet there are other times where I will say something, and somebody will say, Josh, what you said hurt me today. And sometimes I respond by going, I know. And I don't mean that mean, I just mean, yeah, I know sometimes that part of the truth can hurt. So sometimes we have to recognize it's not really church hurt. It's somebody wanting to help me get better. And, and that's the reason I would, I would point out Romans 13. It reads like this. It says, for all authority comes from God. Those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. So if you have somebody who is an authority in your life... Then I want to encourage you listen to what they have to say. Now we're not talking about physical harm or anything like that. We're talking about somebody's trying to coach you up, receive that truth and say, is there something that I need to hold on to? That I need to listen to. When I'm hurt, recognize that people are imperfect. Respond with grace. Receive the truth. And then lastly, as we we prepare for a time of response, re-engage with the bride so that you're ready for his return. Because again, remember, I I think too many times what happens is when we're hurt, we step back. When we're hurt, we walk away from the relationship. When we're hurt, that, 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 that we... We revolt, that we, 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 we regress rather than reengaging. And if the church has hurt you, then, then again, I'm sorry. I truly am. But what I want to encourage you to do is re-engage. Allow yourself to step in and to say, it's not perfect people there. So I'm just going to respond in grace. I'll call evil what is evil if I've been hurt, but I'm going to respond in grace. Because I want to be ready for the wedding. I want, I want to be there on that day when Jesus comes for his bride. And I want to walk down that aisle and see Jesus look at me and say, yes, that's my bride. See, I think sometimes, I think sometimes we're content just to go to weddings. Right? I mean, they can be fun. And they don't cost you anything. Maybe a little bit of time. But we've worked the system now to be like, well, you know, I'll show up. I'll enjoy the the festivities. I'll enjoy seeing the bride come down the aisle. And maybe even go to the reception afterwards. And eat a little, drink a little, dance a little. If it's good, stay. If it's lame, leave. But there's no real buy-in when we go to the wedding. But when we are part of the bridal party, it's totally different. See, when you're part of the bridal party, it costs. Like some of you have been part of so many, you've been a bridesmaid so many times, you'd be like, I'm broke. Because I've had to buy that dress and I'm never going to wear again. Or you had to buy a tux Maybe. You had to show up early, you had to go to the, to the, to the bridal shower, you, you, you had to go to the rehearsal, you were told where to stand, you were told what to do, how not to do it, you were told what place in line you are, you were there for the emotion, you were there for the drama, you were, you were part of it, and it's difficult, and it's messy. Yet that moment of the, when the wedding hits and you're standing up front, you have that front row seat to to see the bride coming, that you're there for all of the emotion, the good emotion, the bad emotion. You get to go into the reception to a special table with a banquet in honor and you're part of the bridal party and you get to experience something totally different than everybody else. That's what I want for every one of us. I don't want us to be here and to see the wedding happening. Because if you're alive, you'll see the wedding happening. It says in the book of Philippians, every knee will bow. Whether you want to or not, every knee will bow and recognize Jesus as the groom, as the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Everybody who is alive will see the wedding happen not everybody will be part of the wedding. And I want you to be a part of the wedding, which means I got to step into the mess. I got to step into the church. And I have to be willing to say, I go to a church, I'm part of a church where no perfect people are allowed. Yet those who are being prepared for perfection are. I'm part of a group. I'm part of a bridal party where no perfect people are allowed. But those who are being prepared for perfection, oh, they are so welcome. And aren't you glad that Jesus invites you into his bridal party and you don't have to be perfect? We don't have to be perfect. So I'm going to invite you right now to respond. And maybe for you, it's maybe coming up and taking communion and taking that that piece of bread and that cup of juice and getting down on a knee and just confessing and saying, Jesus, I have got hurt. I'm going to call it what it is, but I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to maybe fix a relationship if possible, but if not, I'm still going to get reengaged with the bride. Maybe for you, you know you've hurt somebody call it what it is. And if it's possible, go and say you're sorry and re-engage with the bride in the right way. Maybe you're here today and you've never responded to Christ. Maybe you've been coming, you've been sitting, but you're like, I haven't walked the aisle. Today is a day that you can walk the aisle. I'm going to invite you. I'm going to be standing right over over in our prayer corner here in this connect corner. We'll have others in that connect corner. Walk those aisles and say, I'm ready to respond to Jesus. I want to be part of the bridal party. I want to be part of the wedding. So do me a favor. Let's stand up together. And we're going to go into this time of just worship. And as we worship, as we celebrate, As we connect with him, let's admit that the church is the bride. Let's admit that we can all be ugly at times. And let's ask him to prepare us. Let's get prepared.